you're tuning in to an episode from Adventure Emerge 2021, the number one entrepreneurship conference for students and researchers worldwide. This episode is brought to you by our event sponsors, Edinburgh Innovations and Vonage. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. And we are going from crowdfunding to crowdfunding. But this time, we're taking a slightly different spin on it. We are going from equity crowdfunding to product crowdfunding. And to help us understand product crowdfunding, we have a very, very special guest. And our guest is Narek. He is the CEO of the Crowdfunding Formula, a leading international crowdfunding marketing agency. He has managed hundreds of these campaigns through Kickstarter, Indiegogo, and all with actually a 100% flawless funding success rate. And guess what? He's reached the million mark, not once, not twice, but actually multiple times, often setting records in the process. You might've heard of Bionic Gym, the 3.9 million record-breaking fitness campaign, or Volterman, the 2.9 million, I think, wallet. Uh, he's written his own book, 57 Secrets of Crowdfunding, He'll share probably not all 57, but but a few here and there. He's been at TEDx, Forbes, Bloomberg. Basically, you're looking at a true crowdfunding expert, basically globally. So, Narek, thank you for taking the time out of your busy day. And welcome. And please talk to us and teach us the hidden ninja secrets of crowdfunding. Wow, that was like, you know, one of the best introductions I've ever had. <laughs> So, hey guys, I'm going to share my screen one sec and we'll start. Okay. So the previous session was uh, also about crowdfunding. It was about equity crowdfunding. Now we're going to speak about reward-based crowdfunding. We call it reward-based because in here it's mostly kind of in terms of, you know, pre-order scheme where pretty much the product owners are creating pre-order campaign for their, for their, for their products and and not only that they're, they're bringing market, their products and raising funds and a lot, a lot of other benefits. So who we are, as Oliver mentioned, we're the crowdfunding formula where we have like a really big team, more than 100 people in the team, a lot of engineers, marketeers, experts, etc. We have also created one of the biggest ecosystems of the, of the domain of the industry. So we have a lot of platforms, tech platforms, which have, which help us validate the ideas, scale it, raise funds, you know, automate a lot of processes. We have multi-million audiences, etc. So all this ecosystem help us raise a lot of funds. And we have done a lot of million dollar campaigns. You know, you might have seen some of these campaigns. We have done actually more than 15 times. And let's start. Today we're going to speak about crowdfunding, about some of the hacks, some of the secrets, some of the backstage stuff. So I'm sure you know about crowdfunding, how it emerged and what is it at this stage and many tech products currently coming to life through crowdfunding, right? So I'm sure you have heard about Oculus and this once was a crowdfunding campaign. Pebble watches pretty much introduced smartwatch into the world. Saunders bike, they, they pioneered in e-biking, electric biking, etc. So. Reward-based crowdfunding and Kickstarter is some kind of associated with kind of tech products, but it's not all, not always the case. And there are many cases where you don't have to have, you know, tech product. There has, doesn't have to be blockchain, AI, VR, or, or AR 
all these sexy words. And I, I just love this example to show. And this, when the mother was changing the diapers, the kids were putting their hands uh, in a places where they shouldn't be. So he created this kind of blocking kind of fabric, right? And this was a massive hit and raised $120,000. Super simple thing. No, any take, just, you know, one attachment and the hands of the kid, as you can see, is in the air and the mother can change the diapers. So a very simple thing, but this solves apparently a kind of uh, a, a big problem for mothers who have experienced that. And why I'm bringing this example to show you that a very simple life, uh, very simple products that are making the life even just a little bit better off can become a super popular in crowdfunding area, right? So you just look around to see what problems are there and you can come up with some brilliant. So about a couple of words about statistics, which is not that exciting because many campaigns have been launched, but actually 70% don't reach to their goals, right? So on average, like successful campaigns are raising from 20 to $25,000 on crowdfunding but 70% don't reach to their goals. And only 1% raise more than $100,000. And only 0.1% raise more than a million dollars. So it's, it's really super difficult, but we have done this more than 15 times and we have done many campaigns which raised more than $100,000. So we're gonna teach you the exact methodology, the exact tips and tricks that we are doing to become in so small uh, percentage of these statistics, right? And you can uh, pretty much take it and replicate all these strategies. Okay, so first of all, I know that when we're speaking about crowdfunding, most of the people are, are underlining this funding element more than the crowd element. And the, the funding uh, looks like sexier than the crowd, but actually it's not that the case. Because, uh, you know, funding is great and it's always good to, to raise a million dollars and like finance all your production activities, etc. But it's not the best or it's not the only benefit that you can get from crowdfunding. Because typically in crowdfunding, you're getting great tools for market research. So you're quickly understanding which products work, which doesn't, and whether there is actually a demand for your product. <clears throat> you're gaining a very valuable feedback from your backers. You're, get, you're creating pre-order campaigns. You're getting a super popular PR. We're going to speak about some of the uh, secrets of on how to get like P, great PR in, in popular media. You're getting loyalty, word of mouth, new partnerships, customers. And most importantly, you're also getting confidence for raising additional rounds of investing, right? So a successful crowdfunding campaign is a kind of proof that there is a demand for your products. And then you can take that and actually it's public. You don't have to take so you can go to VCs and they can browse your, your campaign and they can see that, you know, you, you did a million dollars of sales in two months or in three months. And that one of the best credibilities to go and raise additional rounds. So I created this formula for you to make you just super easy to understand what kind of products will work in crowdfunding and what kind of pro products will not, because there is a specificity, not all the products, unfortunately, work in crowdfunding. So you can take these four criteria for initial filtering. Like if it's a mass market product, then you can add three points to it. If it contains innovation, then one point. If it's unique, like you can find it on Amazon, another one point. And if it solves 
problems like the one that I showed you, then another one point. So if it's four, if it's four points or more, it means there's a chance that your product will succeed in crowdfunding campaigns. And if it's six, then you might have a super hit. So it might be a really very popular campaign. Okay, so let's go to some practical examples, like where where to start. Okay, you you have like a product, you have a great you know research. You did your research. First of all, go to uh, to Kickstarter or Indiegogo. Browse similar campaigns. Browse campaigns of your competitors, and there is this extension which is called Bigger Cake. You're installing this Bigger Cake extension, and it shows you the amount of funding daily basis of all your competitors. And you can check it out whether there is a kind of consistent funding of the campaign or there is not. Like this is an example of consistent funding. It means that the audience of the of the platform likes the product and the product is attractive to Kickstarter audience, which means they're like consistently funding every day, right? And if you see like spikes and downs for you know weeks, etc., it means the audience is not that that attracted to the product. But the creators, they're doing some kind of boosts to, to uh, get these spikes. And your goal is to search on Google on these specific days to understand what basically they did to get a, a big spike. Maybe it was media coverage, maybe it was an influencer post, etc. So if, if that worked for this campaign, for your competitor, it might work for you. But of course, at the end of the day, if you see this kind of graph, that means you're on the right track. So the... The main secret of success in crowdfunding and the main secret behind these million dollar campaigns that you can see on crowdfunding platforms is the preparation, is the homework. Nothing works on its own. There is no kind of, you know, percentage of luck, maybe very small, but all these campaigns are very carefully prepared and they did their pre-launch. So essentially a crowdfunding campaign is divided into pre-launch and post-launch. And pre-launch is about 90%. So the importance of the success is 90% pre-launch and maybe 10% post-launch, right? So if you did your homework very right, it means that you have all the chances to just, you know, smash it. So this is why we're going to speak mostly about pre-launch in this presentation. And as it says, 90% of your success is preparation. You need to start three to four months before your campaign. Uh, because it really takes time to, to be ready. Don't go there alone because there's a lot of work to do, as you'll see. And you need to, you know, gather your team, try to pitch it around, get some at least five, six people to be responsible in very different domains. So what you are doing for your pre-launch is three main things, right? And this is what exactly what we are doing. So collecting subscribers, mostly email subscribers, people who are, you know, kind of into your product and, and are warm, warm customers who are going to uh, come and back your uh, campaign early on, collecting a PR database and creating an awesome video or photo material. So this is the three things that you need to remember for the preparation. Then let's open the, each of them and see what kind of secrets are there. So collecting email subscribers is pretty much one of the most important things as the subscribers are helping you a lot of funds on the first day. Many campaigns, there are, they, they are not able to raise, you know, 20 to $30,000 for two to three months, but we're raising typically from 20 to $50,000 in a single day, in the first day. When our campaigns are launched, you can follow and typically they are raising like more than $20,000. 
And the secret is the subscribers, right? The secret is that before launching the campaign, we had email subscribers, we nurtured them, we warmed them up, and they already are ready and they already were waiting for our campaign to be launched. And when we hit this start button, they, they are coming and kind of attacking the page and baking the campaign because they're already, already familiar with, with the product and they really want it. So how to get uh, subscribers, right? You need to create this very simple landing page. Like it's not a website, it's landing page where there, there are not, no any menu buttons. There is only one field to subscribe. So you just need to put in here the main benefit of your, benefits of your products. And you have these subscription fields where, people, where, you, where you can promise something like people who can subscribe, they can get early access to the early, build, early bird deals for like 30% discount or 50% discount or something like that, right? And this is a great incentive for people to, to get subscribed and be notified about where you're going to launch your campaign. Because you would have like a reserved discount for the first 100 people and they would like to be within these first 100 people to benefit from those early discounts, right? So this is the incentive for people to, to subscribe. And you should drive traffic mostly from Facebook ads because that's the cheapest way to find the relevant traffic. So you're driving traffic from Facebook ads to your landing page and then checking your conversion rates to entice them to subscribe. So, and now some advanced stuff. So this is, this is uh, what most of the people know, but this is what they don't some, sometimes know and sometimes do. When they are subscribed, you need to create another channels to send them information. So that's the key, right? Why? Because whoever is using newsletter marketing and whoever is using email marketing knows that email marketing is, is a great way, is one of the best marketing channels, but typically the open rate sucks. And you would have like 30 to 40% open rates and that even in the best scenarios. And it means that most of the people won't even know about your launch. So what you would need is to have another channels of information to send information to your subscribers. And this is where you can create a Facebook group and have this button like join our VIP group. You can name it a VIP group and people can join your, your group and you'll have a, your second kind of channel to, to send them information. When you're making a post in your group, they'll get notified. Another way to increase your subscriber list is to create referral contests. So whenever people are subscribing in our landing pages, a pop-up appears, which says, okay, great. You have subscribed. That's cool. But now you can get even cooler. You can get even greater benefits. And here's what you should do. You should invite your friends and you'll get additional like 10% more discount than everybody else. And people have similar friends, you know, and they have friends who like similar products, similar interests, and they're bringing very relevant people. And with the right campaign, you can literally double your list. So this is a table that, you know, you can save. It says how, how many subscribers you need for a successful launch. And it typically depends on your, um, on, on your ticket uh, price of the product, right? The cheaper is the product, the less subscribers you would need and vice versa. If you have like electric bike, which is $2,000. You would need like more subscribers because it will take more time for people and more people to be nurtured and warmed up. So you get the subscribers to come and bake your campaign. And a couple of important stuff, email subscribers are not only for email marketing. 
right? So you can do, a, uh, here are a couple of things what you can do with your email subscribers. And uh, all those tricks and tips are not only for crowdfunding, of course, you can use them in, in digital marketing or you can use them to market your campaigns as well, your, your products in other platforms as well. So first of all, if you have subscribers, email a link of a chatbot to your subscribers. So we're sending an, uh, a link of many chat so people click and they're subscribed for our messenger chatbots uh, or other chatbots. And as I said, this allows us an opportunity to send them a message through other channels. So if for some reason our email is ended up in spam or in promotion, and we don't have a chance to send information to those people, then we have a chatbot. Uh, so we can send them with chatbot and they'll uh, get it. Uh, so as I said, email a link to connect to your VIP group, send your Facebook and Instagram pages. You can create custom audiences from your subscribers. You can send calendar invites to your subscribers, right? Uh, this is kind of one of the secrets that we are doing. Uh, it, it actually is a, is a kind of uh, gap, I would say, that you can use. So you can send uh, invites to your subscribers with the exact date of your launch and they'll get a notification uh, in their up in their email app where your uh, campaign is live already. Okay, so this is about subscribers, about email subscribers. Then the second domain, as I said, is PR and influencer databases. So what you would need is to collect a database of relevant influencers, journalists, and bloggers, and you can use many tools for that. Uh, so those tools, I'm not going to go one by one because there are many of them. And those tools, uh, just for you to know, there are these type of tools, which are uh, not kind of hacking the emails, uh, but kind of scraping the internet and trying to find whether this journalist has shared their email publicly or not. So if you're sticking upon, if you're stumbling upon, an re rele upon a relevant article and you want to find the author and you need some contact information of the author to send them some information or press kit, these tools uh, will help you find very easily almost anybody's emails or contacts. Then the third domain is the video production and content creation. Video is really very important. You need to create about uh, 2.5 minutes and try to make it not boring. Um, like if you don't know any scenario and have no clue how to go, showing the problem, then a solution is a typical type of videos that you find in crowdfunding areas. You need to make it shareable, so embed some humor, humor in there. Show the team and make it more transparent as people want to know who is behind the campaign. This is uh, a kind of mandatory thing. Explain why you are into this, right? Uh, starting with why overall creates an easy, easy structure and gives you a better idea on what you should talk about, etc. And and at the end, and with a clear call to action. So uh, many people forget about this, implying that people understand what, should, what, what to do next. It's not always the case. So you need to have a clear call to action and direct people to go and back your pro projects. Next, campaign goal amount. This is also an important stuff. People typically don't know how much goal to put with their campaigns. Like, is, should you put uh, $10,000 as a goal or sh should you put a million dollars as a goal? You might have a million dollar in your mind or in your, or your internal goal, but here's what will happen. So you see these two campaigns. One of them raised $153,000. The other one raised $173,000. So almost the same amount of money, right? So, but one raised 39% of, of, of its goal and the other one raised 
percent of its goal. So actually, they raised same amount of money, but the trick in here was that the second one put their goal amount pretty low, and this is why it make it uh, a bit more clickable. This is called a green bar effect, where you see the green bar green bar field. And it makes people come to that more more effectively than to the other one. So here comes the advice that you need to put the amount of gold as low as possible, but not lower so you are not able to produce anything, right? So you need to find the bare minimum that you need to cover your fixed cost and variable cost and then put the goal at that at that level. So when you're ready, you should launch your campaign. When you're launching, you need to keep the momentum and keeping the momentum looks like this, like raising enough amount every single day and trying to get, trying to make all the channels work for you. And here are the different channels that you, you might consider. So there are different crowdfunding campaigns and they're like five, six, these type of uh, communities. You can nurture them. There is Product Hunt, which is very active on crowdfunding. There are some subreddits, social media, PR, advertising, influencer marketing. You can create a personal sales channel, and of course you can do upsells. So these are all the channels that we are utilizing typically on, on a typical campaign. A couple of tips for you to get a great PR coverage. So when you are doing things right, uh, you might see that campaigns are covered in uh, very, very high class media like this is a screenshot for one from one of our campaigns which got about 100 publications in very credible media and this is what we're doing so first of all when you're creating a database of journalists it's really very hard to send one by one emails for everybody so you need some kind of smart automations right so mailshake and phantom buster are tools which will help you automate your sequences and make it easier for sending information to all these 3000 list of, of your database. But still, even, even with us, when we are co collecting like thousands of data of journalists, we still keep the one, the first top 100 journalists, like the top ones and send them like with hand, right? So we don't do any automation on the best ones. So these automations are mostly for like for the bulk. But still, they don't see it that they are under the under an automation. So you can use trick extension or similar extension. This will show you whether a person opened your email. This is also cool, you know, in a daily life. So uh, you'll see not only whether people opened your emails, but uh, when they opened it, from uh, which device, how many times, etc. So how is this useful? When you see that you know your emails are not opened, so you can just change the subject line and then resend it. So no need to change the whole email again. And then when you see that the email is opened, but you don't, you're not getting any replies. So what you need to change is the is the is the body text, but keeping the subject line typically the same because it got opened, right? Good. Okay. So you need to have media samples. They're always working because especially with the high class media journalists are always trying to test the products and then then write some coverages. So prepare at least about 30 to 40 samples to send out to journalists. Write most important information starting with PS. This is one of the most readable rows in the email. So like we're writing the most important important information with the PS and this is definitely got read. Use 
articles in retargeting ads. So when you're when you get an article, you can use this article in ads. And then we are also embedding our own pixels in the in the links, and there are some tools which you can use it too. So I I will not go through the social media posts in too much details, but you can do a lot of stuff like you can try to use your creative create challenges like for example this was one of one of our campaigns it was a dog toothbrush and we decided to create a kind of fun challenge on instagram and it kind of got viral so we said that we kind of noticed that many dog parents are uh, look like their 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 dogs and we created this my dog like me challenge and in many people to post photos with their dogs in in which they look similar and you can't imagine like it looks like a lot of people actually look like their their dog the dogs and it, it uh, was super fun and went went viral like almost 50,000 people participated and we got like huge traffic uh, on the campaign so these kind of fun challenges and and creative stuff always work influencer marketing is on a fire currently a couple of tips on how you can utilize the most out of your influencer marketing send them links with pixels you can create some special perks with influencers name and create special discount for their followers send out samples to influencers and sometimes they'll feature it for free ask influencers to make live videos and feature you this is a kind of fun thing and i think it still works you can ask for advertiser access for from Facebook to promote their post. So if if you're working with a Facebook influencer and they posted something, ask for advertiser access to promote their post. And then when you're getting this advertiser access, you can get access to their audiences. And actually, when this success is uh, canceled, you can retain the whole audience. So uh, this will be kind of bonus for you. These are the tools that you can use for understanding which influencers is good, which are not. So it's a kind of influencer analytics platform, this hipsy.com or search my bio. And then this link, you can remember it, facebook.com slash pages slash category. It's not in Facebook's menu. And this is a, this is a database of all Facebook pages. So you can go there and <clears throat> see which one is relevant to yours and influencer marketing works and sometimes it works for free which is the best part this was one of our products which got 12 million views and 120,000 shares which was amazing and this was totally for free and imagine how much traffic we got on our campaign page facebook liquidity is for advertisers so this means that you need to create a different type of of creatives and assets and let Facebook decide which ones to show. And this typically works the best. So Facebook knows uh, which people love videos and which love uh, banners, etc. A couple of tricks to kind of uh, game the Facebook ads uh, if you're getting blocks. There are some certain words which Facebook for some reason blocks and, and don't like. Like for example, mask. And if you're writing a mask, it, it, it gets blocks. Try to, try to change the background and try to change the contrast of your word and the background and it will get approved like in here if you're writing with white letters in a purple background in a pink actually background this is getting red on facebook algorithms but if you're writing with a darker like dark purple it doesn't get red right so it's about contrast if you're decreasing the contrast the algorithms won't read it a couple of tips so what we are doing we're driving traffic from facebook and google to our landing pages and facebook and google are the best areas to find the relevant traffic 
and then we're retargeting them to, into Snapchat, Pinterest, and Reddit because we have their uh, pixels. It's called pixels, which are embedding these short codes in your website. And then you can retain those audiences uh, in everywhere. Yeah, and uh, this pretty much it was it. And uh, the last thing I wanted to tell is uh, that you need to be creative and think out of the box always because all the campaigns are different and our, our company's name is crowdfunding formula, but actually the formula is that there are no any formula which works for most, right? And the formula is to customize every single campaign. For example, for one of our um, campaigns, it was a very expensive e-bike created by a former Harley Davidson engineer. And in the first 15 days, nothing was working for us. Like all the promotion, all the channels, all the, all the tricks that I told you, nothing was working. And everybody was recommending us to decrease the price. And the price was $3,500 of the bike. And we decided to go to a risk and do some risky, crazy stuff. And instead of decreasing the price, we said explicitly that we're going to increase the price every single day. And at 11.59 PST, we're going to increase the price every day, every day, like for 11.59. And then we did it. Like for small amounts, we started to increase the price. And people kind of thought this was a marketing trick, but then after third, second day and third day, they understood that every day is pretty much the best day to get the bike. And then we got like a big spike and then we raised $1.4 million campaign in the, in the second remaining time that we had. So that was it. Hope you took something relevant and important for you. You can follow me on LinkedIn. Any question, hit me up in social media. Yeah. And if you have any questions, we'll be happy to. Amazing, amazing, beautiful, wonderful. It's very insightful. And, and uh, during the presentation, I, I said some singular slides included so much value more than perhaps uh, like a 30 minute presentation by itself. Good. These, these hacks that, that you guys have, have figured out are, are truly special because, you know, it's, it's, it really is sort of the Pareto principle that the 20 produces like the 80% of the results. And when you find these little hacks and, and these things that work repeatedly, you are you are done and 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 gone basically lapsing your your competition so let me Absolutely. go really quickly to first of all obviously a bunch of comments about uh, how informative and and helpful your presentation was so definitely we will also drop your your uh, linkedin and the website for tcf in the chat so people can follow up and we do have a few questions here in, in the Q&A box. So the first one is, the I think that that's like the classic, classic question for everyone involved in, in crowdfunding. And that is Kickstarter versus Indiegogo. Yeah, that's, you know, the number one question, actually. No, actually, the number one question is, can I take the funds and run away? And then, <laughs> and then the second comes Kickstarter versus Indiegogo. So it depends on the product, actually, uh, both platforms are great and you need to do some research. Some products work really well on Kickstarter. Some products work well on Indiegogo. Like typically the mobility type of products like electric bikes and this kind of stuff, you will see more successes on Indiegogo and the audience are more inclined to back this type of campaigns. And on Kickstarter, Kickstarter's audience is more kind of design oriented. So they, they like like beautiful design. They like tabletop games and if, if your, you know, value proposition is the design, 
that you need to go to Kickstarter. Awesome. Awesome. Actually, there is a, a question that I, I didn't want to bring it up, but but since you since you mentioned that number one, number one most asked question, people asked more kindly, but are there any penalties for not delivering on time? By that, they presumably mean that if you say you will ship in June and something goes bad in the production, will you get penalized if you ship in maybe August? I would say that almost nobody ships on time, fortunately. Almost nobody, no, no any campaigner. And that understandable if you're keeping it super transparent, right? Because most of the campaigners are producing something for, for the first time and mass producing a hardware product is super difficult. And in a lot of times shit happens and you're facing some difficulties. So it is okay to have some kind of delay, right? It is okay. It is not okay to keep it as a secret or it is not okay to mispromise something and then at the end of the, you know, the period and say, you know, we're not managing it, etc. So the secret is keep it super transparent. If there are problems, share the problems, you'll surprisingly find some support with the bakers and they'll try to offer their help to you. But don't try to uh, get calm and if people don't get information from you, you know, they're going crazy. Awesome. Uh, the next question is uh, directly relevant for, for you and, and TCF. So do you have sort of like a minimum campaign target for somebody to start working with you? Like if, if this person presumably has an idea and wants to go the crowdfunding route. So uh, what requirements do you have to take a, take somebody on and help them with their campaign? Yeah. So, uh, you need to have, uh, you need to be at the prototype stage. So it doesn't have to be just an idea in the air. You need to have at least some kind of working prototype to have the main functionality of, uh, of your claim. Then we have this methodology where we are, uh, kind of testing and understanding whether this product will raise, you know, how, how much is the potential for this product to raise in crowdfunding areas? Well, it's our own methodology, which we're using for, and we have already got pretty experienced in that. We typically look for campaigns more than $500,000 to $1 million, right? So we're working in a very niche only with these big campaigns. Yeah. But if, if we, if we also don't work with the campaigns, there are like many tips and many other agencies that can support. Awesome. Based on your experience, also, what is the cost for a video? Because, you know, videos can sometimes get like very pricey and you see some of these crowdfunding campaigns, these really large, like three minute, basically Hollywood level videos. What uh, sort of cost should one prepare? How much money should one prepare when, when preparing for a video? So it definitely depends on, on your target goal, right? The amount of your target you want to raise with crowdfunding. If it's uh, if it's $100,000, then you shouldn't spend more than, I would say, $5,000 on a video, right? But if you're going all in, if you want to raise $1 million, you know, in, in Kickstarter or in Indiegogo, then we're typically recommending to spend about from 15 to $20,000 because it, it's really worth to. And when the video is really high quality, it creates these high conversion rates and is typically an asset which you can use for more than three years. So it's not only for crowdfunding, you can do some cutouts, you can use it in adver advertising, you can use it everywhere. And these are really big assets which you're investing and then you're continuously using for many years. 
but it it, it depends on the amount uh, you want to raise so it's proportional awesome and just a, a very last question that deals with like the general barriers to to entry when it comes to crowdfunding so somebody asks if there are any costs to to basically make a campaign because they know that you know if you don't reach the target you just don't get the money but do you maybe have to pay like a thousand dollars to post it or or how does that work yeah, no, typically it's free to start. The platform will charge 5% in the end of the campaign if it's successful. So consider that cost, then add another 3% for uh, payment processing. So about eight, from eight to, to 10%, I would say, would be the cost of the platforms, right? And uh, then you should consider about 10% of the, of the amount as your advertising budget. So if you're raising like $100,000, you typically have to spend $10,000 for Facebook ads, I would say, or, or other ads, right? So that's a rule of thumb statistics. And then depending on which agency you're working with, some percentage will go to the agency. So about like from 30 to 40%, I would say, will be overall your expenses based on the amount of how much you would raise. So you need to do your economics and see whether you're fitting to produce products within this, this, this range. It's not very financially beneficial for the first campaign, to be honest, like giving out 30 to 40%, nobody wants that. But at the end of the day, even if you are break even, even if you are, you know, you, you don't earn any money for the campaign, you just had one of your best promotions for free, right? So you're getting a great promotion. And if you're, even if you're not earning money, which you will, if you do it correctly, but it's, it's uh, you know, not that bad because you're getting super great. Amazing. Well, Narek, that will about have to wrap it up because we have just reached our time. So first of all, again, thank you for, for a wealth of insight. We will drop your info, your email, your website into the chat so people can uh, reach out. Uh, and once again, thank you for your time. It's been truly, truly wonderful.